Hi there, welcome to the Talking Community Safety podcast, brought to you by Community Safety Consultancy and Suzanne and Lucy, who are the founders. Hope you find this podcast interesting. Do please like and share it with colleagues who may find it of interest. So, hi, Lucy. We talked on this podcast last time about um, commissioning domestic abuse services. So, this time, should we have a chat about um, general funding around community safety projects? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, yeah, I guess it'd be interesting to, to talk about uh, for people to listen to um, our kind of experiences, I guess, around general community safety commissioning. I think the main thing for me is is about the fact that in general, a, a lot of us in, in local authorities don't really have a budget and all of our commissioning really is based on grants, which throws up a number of challenges in itself. Um, there's also opportunities with that as well. Um, so should we talk about that? Um, yeah, that sounds um, good. I think there's so many different grants, isn't, it? isn't there? I think people may not always be aware whether they're a service provider or commissioner of actually the wide variety of grants that there are for a huge mm. variety of different um, subjects. And even within that, often there's different ways to get a grant. For instance, um, I know recent applications for grants where if you had a university um, available or university was available to do like a trial, a proper research project alongside a grant funded service, actually that was an option and that's something people might not ordinarily consider. So it's quite a wide variety of opportunities, isn't there? I mm. think. Yeah, that's it. And I, th- I think there's something about collaboration in that, isn't there? It's, it's if you can create a network as a provider, you're more likely to access and be able to find out about those types of things. Um, and as a, as a commissioner, similarly, creating that network as well to, to kind of know your market, but also look at look at those opportunities because. As we say, if we're if we're looking at just grants, you know, are we accessing them all? Do we know what's out there? And sometimes that can be tricky to navigate as well. Um, so we we found out about one quite recently, didn't we? About um, some funding um, that didn't come from our professional network as such. It, it came from a another provider organisation that was accessing something that we didn't even know. So um, just goes to show there's so much out there. But it's trying to trying to find all of that is, is quite tricky in itself when you're doing other things in your day job. Um, so I think yeah, I think um, networks is important. Yeah, sorry, I was going to say I think it's important. One of the things I noticed from that what you just that example you just gave as well, I think that um, organisation was contacted because their their details were on the internet. I think the people who were looking to partner up, offer the funding and partner up universities and and projects together in that instance um i found their details on the internet and i think certainly i just know um and i'm sure you probably would agree too that actually when you're looking online to find a local authority contact or a service provider contact sometimes really difficult and Mm. actually just people being able to find you actually you are a commissioner of the service or having a clear or clarity even with your own organization so if somebody comes through our to the local authority contact centre, for instance, they actually know within that centre where direct inquiries to, because it can just be as basic as stuff getting is out there, but not getting to the right place, the right person sometimes as well, isn't it? I think um, mm. as people having that network 
a basic level so people know who you are in your organization and and if appropriate they can find you um on online too if there's as well as you active because sometimes opportunities do come to you and there's obviously a big thing about seeking out opportunities but actually sometimes opportunities do present themselves to you if people can find you yeah absolutely so i mean I guess another aspect of relying on grants quite often is there's quite a few challenges with grants in that generally they have stipulations against them that are defined nationally um, and sometimes they are quite stringent and can sometimes work against your local um, infrastructural environment. So I'm thinking as an example, um, with the safe accommodation funding from DLUC, um, it's very much based on services for people that are in safe accommodation. Um, but we know where in our kind of rural area where we work, um, the demand for safe accommodation is relatively small. So you're in effect trying to commission a lot of services for a relatively small cohort of people. And you can argue that that might be because the services weren't available historically, and that's why the demand is low, because people haven't been able to access it. Or it could be that actually people don't need the service. And we're kind of in that kind of state at the moment, aren't we, where we're trying to test that model to see whether, you know, if the services are out there, are people going to come to get them? So um, that can sometimes be be a bit of a challenge for us locally. Um but also things like that th they are time limited often, or they are annually, it's kind of an annual bidding process that can sometimes work against us. Um, and also for providers, people that we want to commission services to, if if they are like a, a local charity, if they're a small business, that can work against them as well, because it's really difficult for them to, for instance, recruit staff while they're reliant on annual grants and a bidding process annually so it, it can really be quite difficult to strategically plan or plan for the long term when we're always working on grants um, yeah and that's I a really good point isn't it yeah i think people think grants is great and often you see announcements don't you in the media saying all oh, new funding announced for mm. xyz and actually it's only for a limited period and actually just a challenge of even if you're able to recruit successfully to post you get you advertise once and you get a good applicants supply you able to successfully appoint that all takes time still and that's time eating into the project going live and then you have to um and, and people um then also often towards the end of their contract if it has to be fixed term if it's grant funded then are looking to um look for another position and there's not always continuity of funding so something we see quite often isn't there in terms of some bids particularly um governmental ones sometimes they have a thing don't they about being um having some sort of how are you going to embed it into future, uh, you know, actually making it more mainstream sometimes mm. as well. But um, that's obviously not, if you've never had this before, it's not always easy to then make something mainstream, is it? Because that means something else might have to go that actually might be quite good and meeting the needs. It's um, a difficult conundrum sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, and, the ma and a massive bugbear of mine is the, the time frame for, for funding bids. So you'll, you'll get this announcement of, you know, looks amazing announcement of all this money that's been released and you have to put bids in within kind of a week or two weeks or and you've got to collaborate with so many different people and you've got to 
create you've got to find the evidence base and show how you you've evidenced your bid and all of that to be done in in a number of days is just crazy to me sometimes and you think how how can we do that um you know we've got our day jobs we're not full-time commissioners we're doing other things this is just part of our role and we don't have dedicated bid writers and it's competitive process and that's always something that really (laughs) gets on my nerves yeah Um, interesting as well isn't it like you say about the bid writing is really I think certainly some people have got a lot of skill in writing bids and certainly a lot of times applications do have word count limits, which understand what they need to do. And it's mm. definitely quite an art to succinctly putting th- through, putting forward what you want to say um, and make it, selling yourself well without repeating yourself in multiple questions, but doing it within the word limit. But likewise, I think we've seen some um, tenders in the past submissions where they people aren't making use of the word limits and actually they should do so there's quite an art to bid writing and certainly that's something that can put people off of a making bids and also b they're not their success it might be it might be fantastic at what they do but they just the constraints are really difficult yeah yeah and we we talked about the last podcast didn't we where we were talking about our top tips for people who were writing bids and you know it's like a job application you've got to write in a certain way and that type of thing um so yeah that just adds to that really doesn't it um yeah certainly for um community safety um general initiatives there's so many different opportunities that you people can bid for isn't there i think certainly from the community safety grant process that you've been well we've both been involved with for many years that's um an example isn't it where you get having to keep having bids in and and just uh, just and it's a grant funding thing and trying to evaluate those that that's um always quite a, a challenge isn't it to mm-hmm. get the parameters out clearly of what your the priorities are and people interpret priorities differently don't they so if a, a grant opportunity comes up for a purpose but sometimes people aren't always clear on what it is are they well don't necessarily ask questions to find out do they um mm-hmm. yeah so what are our top tips you think for for people who are dealing with lots of grants What's your first one be, Suzanne? I think networking. I think having a network, both actually actively seeking opportunities through being joining mailing lists from different professional organisations, professional membership organisations, or the government um, web have um, email digest you can get with funding information. So I think getting actively making sure if you're included as far as possible on relevant mailing lists, or even ones that might not seem directly relevant, like. Um, there's ones for different um charities um like cha- industry charity bodies mm. so go to main newsletter main list as you can so you get the opportunity to find out actively find out a few um um funding bodies when they actually for their websites like um when are they going to be having like, i know comic relief is a good one like children need for instance they have funding um make, make funding um obviously um available and actually just getting making sure aware of the main ones and some other ones that might not be so immediately apparent just a bit of brainstorming and also um just your networking in terms of people within your own organization make sure they know what your what your purpose of what you're doing what you'd like to know about and certainly in the local authority even though um, we've been based in public health how, having links with children's services is, is vital because they often are aware of funding opportunities that we might be relevant to us so it's having that cross organizational um networks and also good networks with your um other local authorities because they might have inf- they might get hear about something 
if you're in a local authority that you might not know about in yours because they're on a list that you're not um i think the wider network as you possibly can have really um is really vital both actively participating in it and also being on main lists and things as well um mm. yeah my first tip i would say about yours um yeah i think related to yours really it's it's about making sure you collaborate so where there's opportunities for grants where there's opportunities to influence other people's grants get in there so it's 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 part of that networking but it's actually taking that position as influencer being an advocate for what you're trying to achieve across other people's commissioning processes so um i think the only way really you can collaborate um you can um plan when you when you're when you're really um needing to use grants or reliant on grants is being aware of not just your planning and, and your site your planning cycle it's other people's planning cycles so when do your grants end but also in your networks when do their grants end and where are there opportunities to collaborate um, and influence and get your agenda into their planning I think that would be mine and as you say we've got loads of examples particularly with children's services adult services but also across our neighboring local authorities where we've come together and made the best use of those things those grants that are coming up yeah as a, my third one um would be definitely around data it might sound really boring to some people but certainly when you're submitting <laughs> grant applications or if you're somebody who's um, reading a grant application data it's absolutely vital and scrabbling around uh, as you say sometimes you can have quite short um time limits scrabbling around trying to find data it's really hard work so actually maintaining data on a regular basis whether you're managing a service where you might be asked to make a grant or you've got a chance to make a grant work with the commissioner or whatever actually make sure you're recording data because actually it's helpful for you then to be able to be successful and also as commissioners if they want to they can improve services in your area that or in the area they're working they need to have data um so actually data is really important people think it's a bit mm -hmm. boring why are people collecting you might never need it but if you can then show over a period of years that actually the demand has gone down or demands in, demands increased where it, different issues are in particular area that's more one part of the area is getting more of a problem than another you only can do that if you've got data and evidence of it so i think definitely maybe people's least favorite topic sometimes mm. but actually it's really important <laughs> no it is very important you're very very right um i think my my last thing i'm just thinking of is um we've got a number of examples where we work with organizations that provide services in our area but they don't they're not they're not based in our area and they operate on grants that are nothing to do with us at all. Um, but we know that in a couple of years' time, their, their funding comes to an end. So we're currently on this kind of, um, this nice situation where we've got, we know that there's services available in our area. Um, we, don't, we, we don't have to contract manage it. We, we haven't got a relationship in that sense. But if they're not successful in the future in their funding rounds, it would be a huge impact on our local communities. Um, so I think there is something for us about and, and for other commissioners is about understanding that landscape as well, that broader landscape where we may not have a direct position in, in their commissioning or in, in their grants. Um, 
but the impact of them not having that is is would be really detrimental so it's being able to help assist them and understanding their own processes so and help them to forward plan so start having conversations early about you know what are you going to um bid are, are you in are you having conversations with your current provi- um grant provider um where are you with that and and just being having eyes on it um because complacency would really really have an impact for for you as as a commissioner and then obviously your communities as well um so we've got we've got a situation um that i can think of where we've got exactly that in and we know that by the end of 2024 um there's a huge um, big lottery grant coming to an end so it's how do we um work with them to help support them but knowing that we we don't have any um ability to to finance or grant fund ourselves it, it's all about them but to assist them as much as we can um maybe utilizing our own networks or or um knowledge or expertise to help them maybe um with their next round of funding bids so i think that's something as well to think about yeah that's a really good point isn't it i think um yeah it goes back to that collaboration talk people talking to each other and people actively um yeah participating in their um local network of um other commissioners other providers cross cross commissioner provider isn't it and yeah just like networking and people um taking the time to understand what's going on really isn't it and Mm. communication i suppose at the end of the day isn't it um being effective participant and listener and Mm. yeah just being quite skillful in understanding what is going on yeah so i think that's um hopefully people found that useful um yeah and join us next time for a another conversation about community safety thank you Suzanne. hope you found that interesting if you'd like more information on community safety consultancy and the work that we do and how we can help your organisation improve your approach to community safety, including domestic homicide review chairing, then do visit our website at communitysafetyconsultancy.co.uk.